Shabbat, as uh, we are all aware, is uh, Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat that succeeds Tishabov, and its name, Shabbat Nachamu, is taken from the first words of the Haftarah of the Novi Yishayahu, Nachamu Nachamu Ami, Yomar Elokeicha. It's uh, customary amongst Ashkenazic Jews uh, that even uh, uh, this Shabbat uh, we add uh, a further delicacy to our Shabbat meal. It's like a semi-holiday uh, Shabbat. After the uh, three weeks of mourning, we now enter the seven weeks of consolation, comfort that will take us to Rosh Hashanah and to the great and good year that will dawn upon us. Parshat Vet Hanan is always Parshat Shabbat Nachamu. Just like Parshat Dvarim is always the uh, Parsha before Tishbah. And uh, there is some incongruity uh, in this. Because if we look at the first two sections, which are uh, perhaps uh, close to 30% of the Parsha, they are anything but comfort. They're anything but consolation. The rest of the parsha, we have the Ten Commandments, Aseret Advorim, <coughs> we have Shema Yisrael, we have Ohaftos Hashem We understand and appreciate uh, both the uh, intellectually and emotionally why it's connected to Shabbat Nachamu. But the first two sections, the first section deals with Moshe. Moshe tears down the gates of heaven. Everyone, let me go. Let me just see let me witness the arrival of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Let me see your Atov Azev Alavono. Now, uh, one uh, can easily uh, imagine that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu has enough credit in the bank to cash that check. See it at the end of the Torah, at the end of Chumash Dvarim. Kolamosim, Sayora Chazoka, everything that Moshe did, we wouldn't exist without Moshe.
who Moshe sacrificed his life, literally, on behalf of the God of Israel and the people of Israel. So now uh, he wants to enter the land of Israel. He wants to see it with his own eyes. And the Lord says to him, Altosiv Daberli I don't want you to raise this subject with me again. It's a closed book. There's not much consolation in that. There's not much uh, optimistic feeling as to how uh, we ordinary mortals, so to speak, will have any power to sway the judgment of heaven. Heaven is so exacting that even Moshe can't get past it. So what should ordinary people feel? So if you read that Parsha, and we hear it read tomorrow, uh, it can be fairly depressing. The good thing about uh, Kriya Satora is we don't take it seriously. So... uh, doesn't really bother us. But if we really thought about it, what kind of nachamu is that? And then the next parsha is even stronger. The next parsha is the Kriya Satora for Tishabov. The Aliyah for Levi. You'll be a long time in Eretz Yisrael. Centuries. And you'll take it for granted. You'll forget how you got there. And you'll forget how special you're supposed to be. And how special the land is. All of that will be forgotten. And you'll become just like everyone else. You'll join the European Union. You'll be everybody. And in order to do that, if the world adopts a certain type of value system, then you'll have to adopt it too. And if the world becomes pagan, so so be it. So we're also pagans, God forbid. And so the Lord says, the Parsha says, there'll be terrible consequences. You'll lose the land. You'll be driven off of it. You'll go into an almost endless exile. You'll be the most persecuted of all peoples. So that's Nachamu. 
if you go to a, uh, I, I had the good fortune this week, it cost me a little fortune, to go to uh, a number of weddings. I'll, I'll discuss that too, because I saw the entire Jewish people at the different weddings. which is itself an interesting thing. But uh, you go to a wedding, uh, you give the chasen kala mazel tov, you dance, you sing, you enjoy, the photographer is taking pictures, it's everything wonderful. What if a guy comes in the middle of the wedding and he says it won't last? <laughs> it's not a good shidduch. The wrong boy, the wrong girl. And there's a percentage that it doesn't last. Always has been that way. Yet uh, no one uh, even thinks to speak that way. No matter how, uh, you know, no matter how nuts your uncle is, he still won't say that. Here, before they're going into Eretz Yisrael, Moshe's standing on the banks of the Jordan. And Moshe says, you're going to go in and you'll be there a hundred years, but it won't last. How is that a comfort? How is that a consolation? So if it were up to me, and thank God and I'm now at a stage in life where practically nothing is up to me. So uh, I would start uh, the Parsha with the Aserat Advarim. I'd put these two sections back into Parsha Advarim which deals with Tip Tishabov, Echo Esol Vadi, Tokachem Masachem, Rivchem. Put it back there so that last week we know those are all sad things. Those are all black predictions. And this week we want to have Nechoma, so start with Nechoma. Why do you start again with two such, uh, at the minimum, disturbing parshas? Moshe Rabbeinu is not going, and that the Jewish people are going to go into exile, they'll be driven from the land of Israel. So that, uh, that question, uh, Nod at the uh, psyche of the great commentators to the Torah. There are certain questions that even if they do not phrase it directly, even if they do not talk about it explicitly, 
you feel that it's somehow, uh, you know, it's a bee in their bonnets, it's something that's, that's bothering them. So how do we look at this? So there's a uh, famous uh, discussion in the Medrash way back in the Chumashmos Parshat Bo. There uh, the Jewish people are on the cusp of leaving the land of Egypt beginning our national adventure. In this week's parsha of Et Hanan, the Torah tells us that the Ben Chacham, you know, we have four sons, four types of sons. The Chacham is the wise one, the Russia is the evil one, the Tam is the one that's naive, and the Shani Yodei Elisho is the ignorant one. So this week's Parsha is the Ben Chacham. The other three are in Parsha's boat. All the Mephorshim point out, and I'm sure that we, and we know all of this from the Haggadah of Pesach, from the night of the Seder. The question of the Ben Chacham and the question of the Ben Rasha practically identical. What is all it is about? So the Ben Chacham, we say, what a wonderful question, huh? Terrific. So tell him, we'll sit down, we'll learn the Gemara with him. The Ben Rasha, Hake Yashinov. Give him a jolt. Same question. What do you want from the Russia? What makes one a Chacham or what makes one a Russia? So the Mephorshim explained, which is a uh, very, very uh, sophisticated idea. You know, to be a Jew, you have to be sophisticated. I hate to tell you this. But you got to really get it. You can't just see things on the surface. And uh, we live in a time where, uh, you know, deep thought is uh, a very rare commodity about anything. Everything is instantaneous. It happens now. By the Ben Chacham, it says, Vayoki Sholcha Bincha Mochor Leymur. The Ben Chacham will, tomorrow he will ask you. And so the question is, what is all it is about? 
By the Ben Rosha, the word mochar does not appear. It says, Your children will ask you, Difference is Mocha. How does it look tomorrow? Not today. That perspective of looking to the future is the key to wisdom and to Jewish survival. That's why in the parsha of Etchanan uh, it says, "Ki tolid bonim uvnei bonim." When you come there, it's a trial. Nobody's going to bother you. Know you, know, you have no doubts. You know you you fight the wars, you win, you build the country. You, you're but the few generations down the pike. You become uh, old in the land. Old in the sense that uh, you don't look to the future anymore. Don't see what's going to be. And that's where all the troubles start. Over and over again, we see this emphasized in the Torah. The Torah always plays a long-term game with us. What does it look like at the end? And human beings are very uh, uncertain in such situations. So Moshe suffers a setback here, put it mildly. He's not going to go there and say, well, all of his prayers don't help. But the Midrashim point out that at the end, Moshe is Moshe. No one knows where he's buried because he's not dead. To the extent that his influence remains forever. I mean, Moshe has gone for us thousands of years. So even the greatest uh, human beings, you know, like an, I always use the example in the time of the Rambam, Aristotle was pretty big. The Catholic Church, uh, under Thomas Aquinas, had to adapt Catholicism, the Aristotelian philosophy. And the Muslim world, even, even Rashid, had to uh, deal with Aristotle. Aristotle was the gold standard. Therefore, you see the Rambam also. 
That was the basis for the great controversy about the Rambam. Was that uh, he uh, he saw much of uh, the wisdom of the world through Aristotelian eyes. Nobody knows Aristotle today. Few, there are a few academics, but uh, the academics today are interested in all sorts of different things. Nobody is nervous what Aristotle said or didn't say. So even something that has a staying power of a thousand years or two thousand years eventually evaporates. Not so Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Rabboni Shalom tells Moshe, so to speak, you're quibbling about a small thing. In the long run of history, your uh, place is assured, so to speak. And you didn't go there, it's a shock. And the same thing with the Jewish people. The Lord says, you know, uh, all sorts of terrible things will happen and you get driven from the land. Everything is true. But you're still going to remain the Jewish people. You're still my people. You'll still survive. You'll still be the catalyst for everything that goes on in the world. So there is a very, very deep and long view of things. Chazal say that Avram Avinu, our father, our father Abraham, passed away five years earlier than his allotted time in the world. Yitzchak lived at 180, Yaakov less, Avram was supposed to live 180 also when he passed away. The Chumash teaches us at 175. So Rashi points out, what does it mean that he passed away five years earlier? So Rashi says, because uh, the Lord did not want him to live to see what his grandson Esau would turn out to be. So he took him away early. So he didn't have that pain. A remarkable statement. Before him say, if Esau's the Russia, so Esau should have died five years earlier. <laughs> So the reckoning of heaven is really beyond us, but we have a glimpse of it. That in the long run of things, things that are negative are not always negative, and things that are positive are not always really positive. 
hard to judge. And that's the true consolation. The true consolation is that we should not judge things by our own yardstick, by our own measurements, because they are faulty, because they're human. All human things are prone to error and to mistake, to bad judgment, to all sorts of pressures. So the Novi Yishayo, who last week ta- said such bitter things about the Jewish people, Am Kevet Avon, Bonis Zeram Reim, Bonis terrible things. He says, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, be consoled. Because in the long run, the terrible things have within themselves a certain positivity. And if we don't see it now, we'll see it later. And if we don't understand it now, somehow later we will understand it. Chazal say that uh, before the Churban, Many of the great teachers of Israel passed away. It's true in our time also, for the Churban that the Holocaust inflicted upon us, like a whole generation of great Jewish leaders passed away. Because I'll say that that's it so that they don't have to witness it. So it's very hard for us to wrap our minds around that, that they didn't have to witness it. But there is a certain reckoning of comfort and uh, so therefore it depends how much negativity do you want to see. So I mentioned this week I was at two weddings. One wedding was very, uh, I hate to use the word, but it was very Haredi. And the other wedding was uh, uh, religious, but it was, you know, on the edge. And in each of the weddings, there are people that don't belong. Because everybody's got a relative, or a neighbor, or a friend, or a boss, or an employee, and you can spot them immediately. They're at the wedding. It's fine. It's good. But that's a comfort. comfort that different people could be there at the same wedding. And to me the greatest comfort was that the wedding ceremony was exactly the same at both weddings.
So that's part of the comfort. It's part of the consolation. Especially in our time when so much has taken place and we have suffered so greatly. So in the appreciation of these things, so the Gemara has said that when the Ben Rosha said his question, so one of the Tanoim said, Surah Tova, it was a good thing that was said. God told us good news. When he tells us good news, you're going to have children that are him. No, he told us you're going to have children. And there's going to be a future. There's going to be discussions yet. I'm going to argue about it. It's not over. Well, that's a tremendous comfort. That's absurd total. And but we put all of this together so then Shabbos Nachamu has a certain flavor to it. There's a certain lesson for us that we can incorporate in all of the Shabbatot of the year and it should always be times of personal good health and nachat and smachot. Shabbat Shalom. For the next uh, two weeks, uh, I hope Emirates is in America so there will not be a class.